Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am Aiden DeFrance of the Mustang Sport Report. Today's episode will be a little bit different for episode number six. I will be the lone person on the podcast. Asher's busy today, and if you can hear any noise in the background, it is because this week's podcast is being done during class hours here at McCracken County High School. So you may hear kids taking part in class outside in the lab, and I apologize for that at that ads as a distraction or anything like that, but it's the reality that we have to live with, and it's what we're going to have to deal with for today. And now to start us off for the podcast with football. So this last Friday, the football team um, ended up playing against Davis County. It was a 14-6 loss for the Mustangs. Maddox O'Neill, the quarterback for the Mustangs, he completed 17 passes on 28 attempts, for, and he threw two interceptions and completed a touchdown pass. He had 149 yards in the game, Um, and Zeno Cornelius for the Mustang offense had 10 rushing attempts for 22 yards. It's a day that's really lacking um, in the attempts category. Usually, though, he gets up near 20. He had half that. His rushing yards were well below par for what he normally has. He's normally exceeding the triple-digit mark, so 22 is really not what we are used to seeing out of Zeno. Um, For the wide receivers for the Mustangs, Cooper Falconite, seven pass receptions, 88 yards, and he had a touchdown. That is a very, very good stat line from Mr. Falconite. It's a stat line that we are well used to seeing out of him. Um, Davon Dunbar for the Stangs, four pass receptions, 26 yards. That is another, it's good that we have another target that Maddox is being able to go to in Davon. Um, Cade Churchwell as well had a reception, picked up 22 on that play. Luke McClode also had four receptions for 17 yards. So Maddox spreading the ball around the offense pretty well in the throwing category. Cooper's touchdown was the only touchdown that we were able to muster. As the extra point for the Stangs was no good. Brock Wilson went 0 for 1 on PATs. He didn't have any attempts on a field goal this game. And um, there was a fumble force that McCracken recovered. It was Brody Phelps on the recovery. For the defense as a whole, Seth Lacefield ended up with eight assisted tackles, three solo, 11 total tackles out of Mr. Lacefield. One of those tackles was able to get the runner down behind the line for a tackle for loss. Cade Churchwell for the Mustangs ended up with nine tackles on the night. Uh, Jackson Shackelford ended up with eight. Frankie Nutt, Kimlin Thomas both having six. Carter Ivitz and Charlie Higdon joining Tristan Beyer with five. So the defense really did a good job at spreading out, getting tackles. A lot of multi-tackle guys on this roster. It just wasn't enough to be able to stop the offense of Davis County. Davis County was able to find the end zone a couple times, and it was both both very draining drives, very good run game. They didn't pass the ball too much. They really pounded it on the ground, and the Mustang defense just couldn't keep up with the running back for Davis County. Um, Mustang's defense was able to pick off a pass, though. Chase Dassing did get an interception. He returned it 13 yards. Mustang defense overall did a very good job at containing Davis for most of the game. They just didn't have the offensive support. They gave up two touchdowns. McCracken was only able to put up one, and the missed PAT, the blocked PAT, was really not what McCracken needed. And it's looking into... This upcoming game, again, this is on a Thursday, so tomorrow night against Graves County. Graves is a very good team, and McCracken 
we need to see some off more offensive production. We have a defense that was able to do pretty good, but if the offense can't produce and can't excel at both running and passing the football, then it's going to be a very tough time against Graves, and then again when we make, make it do playoffs. And the way McCracken works with football is usually you either have a game where it's blowing up the running category with Zeno or it's blowing up the passing category with Cooper. They never seem to do too much on the same day. But whenever, it's, whenever they both contribute to a game the same way, the same day, then it, it ends up in a win. And it's just the offense needs to step it up to provide for the defense. And it's something that the Mustangs are going to definitely look to work on when they go face Graves. And um, talking about defenses uh, and offenses, let's move on to volleyball, a game where the offense and defense is expected from everybody. It's a game where you have to play both positions and play them well to be very successful. So with volleyball this week, we saw the Region 1 tournament, which um, it saw Marshall County, Mayfield, McCracken County, Carlisle County, Hickman County, Community Christian, Graves County, and Callaway County all face off to try to get their spots at the championship game, which will be tonight. Again, this is on Thursday, so next week I will get you the results for that game, as well as the football game between McCracken County and Graves. Uh, also, I do not know if Asher will be back next week. He may be, he may not be. He has plans. He's been busy. And... We'll see what we can get. But as far as volleyball, uh, in the first round, Mayfield defeated Marshall three sets to one. McCracken County swept Carlisle County three sets to zero. CCA swept Hickman County three sets to zero. And Graves County swept Carlisle, or Callaway County rather, three sets to zero. McCracken County swept Mayfield the other day, like yesterday, three sets to zero to advance to the championship. Again, they will play tonight. Their opponent will be Graves County, who swept CCA three sets to zero. In the McCracken, uh, McCracken match against Carlisle County, in the first round, McCracken took the first set 25-15, second one 25-5, and the third one 25-10. Graves, in their first round match against Callaway, took the first set 25-19, second one 25-20, and the third one 25-15. McCracken's last match against Mayfield, they took the first set 25 to 12, second one 25-15, third one 25-14. And Graves County against Community Christian in yesterday's game took the first set 25-20, second one 25-19, and the third one 25-15. McCracken Graves will face tonight. Again, I'll have the results next week for you. It is sure to be a very good game. It's going to be a very, very fast-moving game match. It's going to be fast moving through all the sets. I don't expect it to be anybody sweeping anybody. I I think we could see five sets tonight. Um, if not, at least four. I think it's either going to be a 3-1 or a 3-2 ending. Uh, and it's really hard to tell on who's going to win tonight. McCracken and Graves are both they both have very physical teams that can pound the ball. They can get kills with ease. 
and it's going to be really, really fun to be able to watch and see what happens with that. McCracken County, again, Addison Hart uh, was recognized in the first round of this tournament before the McCracken game against Carlisle. She had her 1,000th kill. She collected that against Crittenden County um, before the tournament play, in which she got her 1,000th point, was recognized with a ball to commemorate that achievement. And it's a very good achievement. It's the second time I've got to see a 1,000th ceremony. This is the first for volleyball. I got, last year I got to see a 1,000-point ceremony for Jack McCune which was a pretty cool thing to see, and they get a ball that shows their achievement, and it's just a very, very positive thing to see out of McCracken County High School. Speaking of great accomplishments and things that are good to see at McCracken County High School, let's give it to the boys' soccer team who played this last week in the Final Four of the state tournament. They played Lafayette High School at Lafayette High School. They played at Lafayette against Lafayette, the host school. Um, the other game going on was between St. X, St. Xavier, Louisville, and Ryle. It was the, I was not able to see the Ryle St. X game, but I did, was able to make it there to watch McCracken play against Lafayette. And it was a very good game. The first goal of the game was a Nathan Taylor goal for the Mustangs. It was a ball where Nathan got one-on-one with the keeper and he just was able to chip it up above the keeper's head and into the back of the net. And it was able to get McCracken the momentum early. The student section showed up really well. We had about 50 or so students. Parents showed up really well. Supporters, even parents, supporters, and coaches from the women's team showed up to cheer on the boys. And it's a great atmosphere. It, it, was, it was amazing. It was wonderful. And almost anybody that was there, Eric Trumbler that was on the radio, I believe, even said this, is that it was a great, great atmosphere. It was amazing turnout from both Lafayette and from McCracken County, and I'm pretty sure Lafayette, it seemed as though all their kids went from going to school and then everybody went straight to the soccer field. Um, but back on the game, though, with Nathan Taylor scoring the first goal of the game for the Mustangs, he got them on the board early. It was a one nothing Mustang lead. Taylor's goal was assisted by Nehemiah Ivey. Um, Nehemiah was just able to get, knock the ball up to... Nathan set him up one-on-one, and Nathan finished the job. Now, Lafayette would work their way down the field and get a shot that was a beautiful save by Grayson Parrish. It was beautiful save. Grayson just couldn't hold on to the ball. Lafayette won it back. They had a guy set up center of the goal, passed it into him, and he knocked it in, and it equaled the game at one apiece. And that's where it would stay when we would go into halftime. Now, the other uh, we would go into second into the second half of play, nodded at one. Lafayette would eventually, eventually figure out McCracken's defense, work their way down, draw a foul, in which they would take the kick, uh, the penalty kick. Grayson Parrish would lay out for it. And the shot was just too hard for Parrish to corral. It would hit his hand, roll through his hands, and go into the back of the net. And that would give Lafayette the 2-1 lead. And that's where it would sit until the end of game. Now, for Lafayette, Ryland Shu scored the first goal. And the second goal, Tomas Castro. 
would score. And it was a great, great game overall. Um, even though the Mustangs ended up on the wrong side of the scoreboard, it's still a great feat. It's a um, it's an amazing, amazing accomplishment to make it this far, to make it to the final four, the finish third. They finished third in the state this year. And it's nothing to hang your head over. I understand it's a sad, sad like thing to lose the game. And I know I wouldn't have won or lost the game. I wouldn't want to be there to lose the game. But at the end of the day, the fact that you can say that you are third in state, you are one of the best teams in state um, for your senior, whether it was a senior, sophomore, junior, or even they were freshmen on the team. It is a great, great feat. And, you know, I know that a bunch of our seniors, like Grayson Parrish, Blake Jeffrey, we had 10 seniors on this team, uh, Hayden Stewart included, Johnny Stevens, Landon Grace, the list goes on. They would have loved to have gone out and said, hey, we were champions our senior year, go out champions. But looking back on it, I understand they're feeling a lot of sorrow at the moment now. They're feeling a lot of emotion. They're really upset over the loss. But I'm sure looking back on this, whenever they graduate, they'll be looking on and eventually have their own families look at their kids and be able to say, I was on one of the best soccer teams in the state of Kentucky for the year of 2023. And it's something that they will look back on and they will cherish. And it's a bunch of great memories in this tournament, whether it was taking to sales, the penalty kicks and they uh, defeated the sales in that game. I, um, to make it to this far, their sales game was went the PKs and Grayson had Grayson Parrish was the reason that the team got as far as they got, and uh, it was a great game against the sales that set up another great game against Lafayette and Lafayette this Saturday is going to play St. X. So if Lafayette wins, and we can say that we lost to the best team in state. Uh, again, Lafayette plays St. X, St. Xavier of Louisville. It's Lexington versus Louisville. Uh, Lexington School, that being Lafayette. Louisville School, that being St. X. They will play Saturday for the state championship for the 2023 soccer season at the KHSAA. And it is going to be a very physical game. It's going to be a very good game. I expect it to be a one-goal game. If not, go to penalty kicks. Um, St. X is the favorite to win that game. Again, Lafayette has the home field advantage, and that played a big role in McCracken County High at the McCracken County game. Lafayette's home field advantage, I would say, played a really, really big role. It was they were loud. They were into it. Um, McCracken was able to give it back to them. But Lafayette, knowing it's their house and being able, showing up and being like, we're going to defend our land, it really paid off for them, and it really gave them the confidence, I think, that they needed. So this week's episode was a little bit shorter, considering that I am the only one on here for this one. Uh, Asher Shanks was not able to participate. He is busy focused on his schoolwork at the moment outside, and I've caught up with mine also my uh, thing interview involved interviewing soccer players, which some of them are not here given the game yesterday and the time that they got home. 
So now let's reflect on some local sports, some local stuff that happened around the area, whether it's college, high school, or even professional that happened uh, in the area of where we are now. That starts with the big football game that happened the other night, the big college game uh, on ESPNU. Liberty played Western Kentucky University on ESPN and WKU wore special uniforms. They were all black, wearing their black uniforms. It was a blackout at Western Kentucky. And something they did that was interesting was their helmets. They had special helmets per position. So like the offensive linemen and defensive linemen got special helmets. The quarterback got one, running back got one, kicker got one, wide receiver got one. Um, I think cornerbacks and linebackers each had separate special ones as well. So what Western Kentucky did was they had different helmet logos per position. So like the quarterback, his helmet was the mascot of Big Red, him throwing the football. For wide receivers, it was Big Red catching the football. And then for the running backs, it was him carrying the football, and it was so forth for a position. It was a very cool thing. It was on a black helmet and on with their mixed with their black jerseys. It just looked really well. Unfortunately, Western Kentucky dropped the game 42-29. to They lost to Liberty. Liberty remains undefeated, 8-0. Well, the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers record dropped to 4-4. Four four. They sit right at 500. So the next match for the Hilltoppers, the next game, we'll see them face University of Texas El Paso UTEP. Um, that's Saturday, November 4th is game time at 8 p.m., UTEP is coming off of a three-point win, 37-34 was the score, against Sam Houston. Uh, UTEP this year has had a very down year, losing to New Mexico State 28-7 in the game prior to Sam Houston. And before that, they were able to pick up a win over Florida International 27-14, lost to Louisiana Tech 24-10 before that. And UNLV handed them a 45-28 loss. Arizona 31-10. They lost to them. And Northwestern also defeated UTEP 38-7. It's been a tough year for UTEP. They look to turn it around against the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky. As Western Kentucky looks to climb above 500. Now, also happening in the area was Nashville Predators Hockey. This past Tuesday, the Preds dropped their game to the Canucks, 3-2. Vancouver picking up the win that was much needed for them. Vancouver on the rise to four wins, two losses, while Nashville fell to three wins, four losses. Vancouver and Nashville would be tied after the first period at one. After the second period, it would be a 3-2 lead for the Canucks. And after the third, it would remain that way for, for a Vancouver win. It was a not... It was really a game that Nashville didn't need to drop. Um, they, fought, they are only at 3-4. and four. It's the beginning of the year. Vancouver picked up a very good win. It's, Vancouver's coming off a pretty poor season last year, and that win right there is something that they're going to need to try to propel themselves into a much better year this year. Now, for Nashville, me personally, I'm not much of a Predators fan. I, not really, I did not gained my hockey liking living in Paducah. Uh, I am a Chicago Blackhawks fan. The Blackhawks sit at 2-5 and five right now, and they're coming off of a 3 to nothing loss to the Boston Bruins. That's a game where Connor Bedard for the Blackhawks would score. Uh, he's 18 years old, playing in the majors. He is a very good 
player. He's next big talent, according to many people. He was a number one overall pick in the last draft. He scored early, but the goal was called back on offsides. Boston gained all momentum, scored three goals to the Chicago, to Chicago zero, and Boston remains undefeated at six and zero. Also, there the St. Louis Blues. To keep on the pro sports aspect, the Memphis Grizzlies played their first game of the year, playing the New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans won the game 111-104. to That'll start Memphis off on the losing way, and, well, it looks like they can't go undefeated this year. They start 0-1. The Pelicans, however, keep their dreams of being 82-0 alive, starting the season 1-0. And uh, there was a very... It's a very interesting start to the year for Memphis. Memphis really looking to bounce back after having their John ja Morant troubles last year. And starting 0-1 is not going to be the way, the way to do that. But anyways, let's track back to high school sports in the state of Kentucky as a whole. Let's go to the Women's Soccer State Tournament. As sadly, the McCracken Lady Mustangs were eliminated in the first round by a score of 1-0 against Henderson County. Let's see what has all happened and transpired since that game. Right now, we are sitting sitting at the uh, Final Four, which will see Bethlehem play against Boyle County at Lafayette at 4 p.m. It will also see Notre Dame play against Sacred Heart at 7.30. Both those games happening tonight, and I can get the results for those next week. Now, Bethlehem's coming off of a 4-1 to win over Henderson County. That game right there would have been the game that McCracken County High School would have been playing in had we defeated Henderson County. Um, and then the other games that have happened, Boyle County defeated Russell 2-1. to Notre Dame shut out South Laurel. Mercy ruled them 10 to nothing, And Sacred Heart defeated Bowling Green 2-0. I would say Notre Dame would be the heavy favorites to win this tournament, given their this absolute shredding of South Laurel. And it's going to be pretty interesting to see how things transpire and to see what Sacred Heart's game plan is going to be against Notre Dame. Now, Boyle County-Bethlehem is going to be a very interesting game. We will have the, uh, we will have the results... I will bring the results and give the results to you all next week whenever we do the next podcast. But yes, I will get the results for you next week on the men's and women's state championship games. But for now, this is Aiden DeFrance signing off, and this is the Mustang Sport Report, episode number six.